This is alternative history. Darn it! This is alternative. <laughs> oh yeah! This is alternative history. Rod, I was listening to some Ice Cube the other day, and I found out an interesting fact. Do tell. Shotgun bullets are, in fact, bad for your health, along with other various things placed into human anatomy. Yeah, I wouldn't have necessarily needed to hear the song and know that, but I agree with you. Yeah. That and is the case. Another uh, interesting thing about shotgun bullets, you can buy them at Outdoor Man. It's the Uber Manly store for the fictional Outdoors Man. I think it's aptly named, and it is one of the central settings for today's topic. Last Man Standing, the Correct. show with Tim Allen. We are the Alternative History Podcast, and what we do here is we take a topic, debate the topic, and determine whether or not it should have had a different result or perception. An alternative history. Correct. And today's topic is... Last Man Standing, should it have been canceled? So basically, I was talking to one of our listeners, and they asked if we'd be interested in talking about a show that had a little bit of politics to it. Needless to say, you and I pretty much steer away from political conversation. Correct. Because we're not trying to exclude anybody. I think you could kind of tell which way we lean. But again, we're not trying to we're not trying to push anybody away. We disagree with each other, but still yeah. be friends. And so we also like challenging ourselves. I thought this was going to be a good topic to take a look at because when my friend brought it to us, he said that he told me basically that ABC had canceled Last Man Standing and that it was a number one show, and they did it because it was because the star was. Super political about his stuff. Yeah, uh, conservative. Conservative, exactly. To so be I, I wanted. To, I thought it was an interesting topic, and I brought it to you, and you're like, "Yo, let's do this." Yeah. So the the show ran from 2011 to 2017, and when we were planning this this episode, our uh, our season that we're in right now, we this was on the docket for a, an episode to to research. Uh, we did a lot of research. I watched a lot of the show. And turns out it has been renewed at Fox. At a different for, station. For 2018. It's going to be debuting, I believe, on September 28th uh, of this year, 2018. And I didn't want to have watched six months of this show in vain. I watched a lot of episodes. So I was like, we're doing this episode. And I thought, even though it was canceled and came back, I still thought it would be timely to talk about. Sure, I yeah. Found, I, found the, I found the material... Interesting. And yeah. like, again, we talk about telling good stories. I thought the story of this show has been pretty interesting. Correct. Yeah. So uh, what we like to do here is we like to, if we're going to be working in a year, which we're going to be mainly uh, working in, in 2017, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about 2017 before we get into Last Man Standing. In the early episodes, I would talk about going into some sort of time machine. And so <laughs> this year, or this time... Let's, let's step right back into 2017. Not, not, not too far ago. You can close your eyes and still see it. We're talking about the year 2017. Let me talk about the year in movies. Go for it. So I'm going to tell you the top five grossing films. Number five, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Number four, Despicable Me, three. Uh, the third highest grossing film was The Fate of the Furious. Number two was Beauty and the Beast. And number one that year was Star Wars The Last Jedi. Of note, I'm just going to tell you the movies I saw that year. I looked at this year's movies and a ton of films came out. So I'm just going to tell you the ones that I saw that I liked. I saw Get Out. I saw Logan. I saw Life. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Alien Covenant. Wonder Woman. The Dark Tower. It. Blade Runner 2049. Oh, uh, that, that was a really good that movie. Was a great movie. Yeah. 
I actually really liked this other movie, Thor Ragnarok. I think that was actually the best Marvel movie that nobody knows about. And then uh, Bright was the last one I saw. And then I know so, you liked the movie Mother that came out in 2017. That was a really good movie. And I, I believe I told a joke from that in one of our previous episodes. The guy that passed out while watching that movie, talking to his friend, he said, Don't nobody put you to sleep like Mother. <laughs> so, anyhow. Before, but I just want to say one thing about The Last Jedi. Mm. I know it was. It's kind of a divisive movie as far as fandom goes. Yes. And it's the only movie that, w- when I watch it, I think it's a like fantastic, almost near masterpiece movie. And then about 15 minutes later, I get so angry that that what they did to Luke Skywalker. But and then I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, it's so good. And then I just I just have like opposing views on it. I just can't make up my mind yet. But even in the movie, itself. I've never I've never watched a movie that that made me feel like that. Understood. So. Real quick, and last thing, last note on the movies that year. At the Oscars on January 24th, Moonlight wins Best Picture in the uh, controversial award announcement made by our very own Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. Did it win, Rodrigo? Did it? Yes, absolutely. Anyhow. I think. I don't know. (laughs) It did. Y'all threw me off. It did win. (laughs) Anyhow. All right. What else happened in 2017? So, uh, TV, the top-rated show, and this is this is for the 17-18 year, because TV shows run from 17, from one year to the next. So, yes. So, we're, uh, I'm going to talk about... <laughs> stop. I'll go. All right. Are you trying to explain years? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Let me pull myself together. Let me explain to you how years work. <laughs> When one year ends, the next one starts, and they go in chronological order. Okay, so TV, 17-18 TV year. So Roseanne was number one. NFL Sunday Night Football was number two. This Is Us was three. The Walking Dead was four. NFL Thursday Night Football was five. So, man, for so, all those complaints about the NFL going down, they still got two yeah, top five shows. Yeah, people still love it. Yeah. Big Bang Theory was, is also, was also on. Modern Family... Will and Grace, another show much like this that was, I don't know if it was canceled or just ended, but it came back. It came back, yep. Uh, the Goldbergs, Blackish, and Fresh Off the Boat uh, were other sitcoms. And those are all uh, Goldbergs, Blackish, and Fresh Off the Boat. Those are all ABC uh, shows that were running right around the same time that It's in their stable, last man, last man. Yeah. It's the stable in which Last Man Standing was in, absolutely. Um, top music, uh, The Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. And I don't know if you ever have you ever seen Ed Sheeran. He appeared in. I'm almost certain now. Don't hate. Don't send hate email if I'm wrong. But he. I know he was in uh, Game of Thrones as a guest star once. Oh, was he? Yeah. He like the the voice that I hear on the radio. It doesn't seem congruent with the face that he has. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. he just looks. He looks like a pimply faced. Don't be so mean. <laughs> Desp- Despacito. All right, that one by Luis Fonzi. Fonzie? I think so. I don't know. I don't, uh, I I, no I'm idea. not really familiar. I'm and a whole bunch of other dudes. I'm not sure who sang on it. That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. Humble by Kendrick Lamar. The only good one on, exactly. on on this list. All these other are, are kind of... So I, mean, I don't like to talk garbage about songs or any art in general, but it, I don't think they were any good. Half of them I probably haven't heard. Something Just Like This... By the Chainsmokers and Coldplay. So, I just want to highlight two other things that came out. Uh, Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Fantastic album. I think it's a great album. I believe he won the 
Pulitzer Prize for writing for the for his lyrics on that. And Pure Comedy by Father John Misty, who I will be seeing at the Paps Theater come September. News, top news, 2017, Donald Trump is sworn in as President of the United States of America. I repeat, Donald Trump is sworn in as President of the United States of America. There's the investigation into Russian interference in the elections. The beginning of the Me Too movement, uh, exposing all the douchebags in Hollywood, in Hollywood, and even Everywhere, outside of Hollywood, essentially, yes. like all, all yeah. the terrible people. The Las Vegas shooting, the Charlottesville death, and there was a total eclipse of the sun. The big year, heady times. It's a lot of. It seems like a lot of important stuff happened. Yet. Sports occurred as well, so I'm gonna tell you about some of them. Yeah, I mean, compared to that stuff that went on, maybe insignificant. 2017 but was still a big year. That was a, that was a tough important year. to some. I have uh, the Astros beat the Dodgers four to three in a classic World Series. The Golden State Warriors beat the Cavaliers in five to win their second championship in three. They would go on to win another championship in 2018, making it making it actually a back-to-back championship and not winning three out of four. Quite a run, Ugh. I know. On uh, February 5th, 2017, the Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons 34-28 to in Super Bowl L1. I believe that's 51. Yes. The greatest comeback ever. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the only Super Bowl to end in overtime. Uh, possibly. I think that's correct. Yeah. Uh, the Browns became the second team not to win a game uh, following the 2008 Lions. And Real Madrid defeated Juventus 4-1 for their second in a row and what ends up also being a second and three-year type run. The reason I bring it up is that Cristiano Ronaldo was a star of the Real Madrid team, is actually signed to Juventus this season. Nice. And that was the year in sports. So, Tim Allen is the star of Last Man Standing, the sitcom. So I just want to uh, just go over a little bit about Tim Allen. He's got a pretty interesting backstory. And uh, there's a really interesting fact about him from 1994. So he started his stand-up career in 1975. He was born in in Denver, moved to Michigan, started a stand-up career there. So in 1978, he is arrested for possession of 1.43 pounds of cocaine. I don't need to tell people that that is a lot of cocaine. More than you would use for yourself. So obviously he was a dealer. And he, uh, rather than, you know, face a possible life sentence, he decided to drop dime on a network of other dealers working in the area, thus allowing him to only have to serve two years and four months in a federal prison. After he got out of prison, he resumed his stand-up career. He uh, came to prominence in the late 80s. I do, I have a specific memory of my childhood in the late 80s. He had a stand-up show on HBO, okay. and I just remember watching it with my father and my dad laughing like hell. Yeah, he had a lot of. It was more like it, it was, He did this like oh, like he was like this man's man. Yeah, I can't the even give justice ish, to it. Yes, yeah, is that now? Now that you say that, I do. I don't know what you're talking about. And it was more like more power. Like he had to soup up everything, and, mm-hmm. and so in 1991, he is the, the the lead of the ABC sitcom Home Improvement. That runs from 1991 to 1999. It's a hit sitcom for him. Uh, 1994. Actually, he's, real quick, based on he based on his it's stand-up based on his stand-up. Yeah, essentially about the, that that more power. That's yeah, exactly that that, that, that stand-up story. routine that I saw as a kid. He flipped that into translated. Yeah, into which the, and that happened a lot in the 90s. Jerry Seinfeld did that in the late 80s and early 90s. Yep, and Roseanne also did that. Who we'll be talking about a yeah, little bit later. Sure. 
1994, he stars in the movie uh, The Santa Claus, which was a big hit for him. Yeah. The, the interesting fact that I alluded to earlier, in November 1994, Tim Allen starred in the highest grossing movie, The Santa Claus, starred in the highest rated TV show, Home, Home Improvement, and had the best-selling, the New York Times best-selling book, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man, which is kind of a weird title for a book, but I don't know if it was a memoir he or... He was like literally the king of media in Yeah, November he was, he was huge. And sure. he got even bigger in 95 when he, bo- when he voiced Buzz Lightyear in the uh, first uh, installment of the Toy Story franchise. Which is a fantastic movie, by the way. I also they're think all really good. They are, they are mean, excellent, I'll admit that. Hey, my kids watch them today, and they're, they're one of the few kid movies that I can actually sit through and enjoy. Toy, Toy Story 3 is one of the realest movies ever. Actually, yeah. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so since then, he has starred in many hit movies, some, some not hits, but he, started, he was uh, turned into a movie star for a while and has pretty much stayed in the public eye in one way or the other through his movies or through his stand-up. So now a little bit about the TV show that we're talking about, Last Man Standing. It was a sitcom on ABC from 2011 to 2017. Again, as we mentioned, it has now been renewed for the 2018-19 season on Fox. I have something important for you, that it entered into syndication in the year 2015. Yep, yep. Uh, We'll get into the almost insane amount of dominance it has in syndication, which allowed me to watch a lot of it. In one of our earlier shows, you talk about how you don't mess around with shows until... They hit syndication. That's the I ain't, time got, I ain't got time for that because I need I need a good block. I can't watch them chronologically because they don't make sense chronologically anyways because they're all like self-contained episodes typically. Often, yeah. Uh, for, for sitcoms, uh, but yeah, like it's why would I put the effort into something? I need it to be proven before I'm gonna waste my time on so, it. And it be because essentially, I'm not like binge watch it. When I say waste my time, I I mean I I'm not like trying to degrade what they're doing on a sitcom but they're essentially like time fillers yes, for your really. life I know like you're when you're trying to relax it's, I'm like, not... it's like our show we know you could be doing a lot of other stuff so we appreciate listening exactly so we also you know when it comes filling to your time with our dual set tones exactly. <laughs> so it was uh canceled on may 10th 2017 even though it was abc's second highest rated sitcom in the 1617 season and its third highest scripted show in that season. The year it was canceled, it was the fifth ranked, fifth ranked sitcom overall, 41st in the Nielsen ratings. And it went through, uh, while it was being developed, it went through several titles during pre-production, all, in, all involving the word man. Uh, it was initially called Man Up. Mm-hmm. Then it was gonna be The Last Days of Man. It was developed under the premise, a man who tries to maintain his manliness in a world increasingly dominated by women. So essentially, he's married in the show, and he has three daughters, yep. which is kind of the opposite of what home improvement. Of what happened in Home Improvement. So it wasn't like a big stretch for him to play, to step into this character. February 18th, 2011, Tim Allen officially joins the show. So as it was being developed, it wasn't, an, it was he was thought of for the lead, but he wasn't signed on to it while it was being developed. May 13th, 2011, ABC picks up the pilot for the 11-12 TV season under the new title, Last Man Standing. Oddly, it shares the name with the 1996 Bruce Willis movie, which takes place in 1932 Texas. The movie's awesome, by the way. I love that movie when I was younger. Which is uh, 1932 Texas, which is also the same time and place that Bonnie and Clyde were operating. But this movie was terrible. It bombed at the box office. Yeah, and it was good. I'll try what he said. Uh, <laughs> Roger Ebert, <laughs> who you really like, I do. he said, and this is a quote, 
It is a desperately cheerless file, so dry and laconic and wrung out. <laughs> I, like, I don't good. know, like, good. I mean, uh, I saw parts when I was younger and I remember it being very violent and not very interesting. Just, I, 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 it was just basically Bruce Willis murdering people. This was at the height of Bruce Willis. Yeah. This was, so, it was him messing with stuff. Back to Last Man Standing, the sitcom. Yes. It aired on Friday. It started out on Tuesdays, aired on uh, for the first season. It was moved to Fridays after the second season, or during the second season. But Fridays are a notoriously terrible time. It's typically where a shows go to shows die. Go to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it did surprisingly well for, for that time slot that it was in. And, like I said, the sitcom follows Mike Baxter, who is the director of marketing at Outdoor Man, a very on-the-nose name for a outdoor paraphernalia. Like It's kind of yes. like a Cabela's exactly. or, um, I don't know if Gander Mountain exists anymore, but it's in that, um, in that vein. He is a conservative who values traditional American family values, such as hard work, honesty, and personal responsibility, both socially and fiscally. And he makes uh, blog posts... But for his store, espousing the values, and he does his Tim Allen comedy. Exactly. Uh, yep. It's kind of like these little uh, blurbs are kind of like what you would see in. Um, it was when he would do his TV show in Home Improvement. If to parallel that with exactly. that show again. Yeah. It's pretty much the same show, only with. Yeah, daughters. it is essentially the same show. So and so uh, real quick with the characters, uh, Mike Baxter, played by Tim Allen. Like we mentioned, he's pretty much just the home improvement character, but in a different job and with three girls rather than boys. He's the head of marketing for Outdoor Man, and he's known for his conservative views and traditional family values. And he can be, he's like rough around the edges. Tim Allen was quoted as saying that he kind of thought about him as an Archie Bunker type. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that more later. That's kind of I'm what they try to, to frame themselves as. Yeah, I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't. It, on the family. We'll talk about it later. I don't necessarily think that Tim Allen watched, um, or the writers maybe watched All in the Family, because it's like completely different, but anyhow. Uh, his wife is Vanessa Baxter, played by the lovely Nancy Travis. Uh, she has a PhD in geology, and she worked for a fracking company. Then she was a teacher, a science teacher, and then I believe near the end of the, sh- the si- or during the sixth season, she, uh, she started running her own tutoring program. Their oldest daughter, uh, Kristen Baxter, she was played by Alexandra Krosny in the first season, and she was played by Amanda Fuller in seasons two and plus, and apparently she's coming back for season eight. She's the oldest daughter, the mother to Boyd, their Mike and Vanessa's grandson, and she's married to Ryan, who serves essentially as uh, Mike's foil politically on the show. And she is the manager of the Outdoor Man Grill. She worked other various uh, customer service jobs, I think. Like, uh, she was a waitress for a while, and I think she worked at another uh, restaurant during the show. Mandy Baxter, she is the sec- the middle child. She was played by Molly Ephraim from seasons one through six. And, it, or I'm sorry, yeah, seasons one through six. And she'll be played by Molly McCook in season seven on Fox. That was just announced recently. Just announced. And then someone for Boyd, I can't remember. I think the kid's name was Jet Jurgenstein-ish something. So she is galactically dense. She has a good heart, fashion sense, and she's currently married to Kyle, another character who we'll discuss in a second. The third and youngest child is Eve Baxter. She is the most like Mike, very sarcastic, very quick-witted. She's athletic, she's conservative, 
and is good at just about everything she does, including music. There's then there's Kyle Anderson. Well, there's a thing about Kyle that I that he's he's an employee at Outdoor Man, and he essentially is the the love interest for Mandy. But he also in the first season dated uh, Kristen mm-hmm. and proposed to her. So he ends up proposing to the oldest daughter and marrying the middle daughter, yeah. which is kind of gross. Yeah. So for the first season, the show ran on Tuesdays. The ratings were average, uh, ranked 50th overall for the first season. The pilot starts with, and, and when we were talking about this, uh, I mentioned to you after I watched the pilot, that interesting connection that it had with a uh, previous episode that we did, Sears. When it starts out, Mike Baxter is uh, on location doing a, like a photo shoot for their catalog, and he comes back, and he's told by the character Ed, his boss, that the they need to build a bigger online presence, so they're scrapping the catalog. Which seems kind of odd for something in 2011 that even though we, because we established... 2011, right. 2011. We established that in pretty much in the mid to late 90s, the catalog pretty much died. Yeah, they were already... And Amazon, yeah. like, t- took over, so it kind of, to me, that like, that kind of, like, that pilot, they kind of started off on shaky footing because that's something that I would have expected to see probably in like an early aughts account, right, right, not, right. A, not a late aught. I hear like, you. And I'll note that's here from here. I got that it drew 3.5 million, or it got a 3.5 adult rating on the, for 18 to 49, 18 to 49 year olds, which was actually 9% better than, uh, than the rating for the series premiere of No Ordinary Family the year before at the same time. Okay. So it was an improvement on what they were doing prior and this was a pretty good premiere for sure that Tuesday. Sure. In in the first season, Mike's character is more of a like a fish out of water type. He's basically he's been grounded as they say it because he's nor he like throughout his his family's as his family grew up, he was always traveling, taking photos for this catalog for Outdoor Man. So he did a lot of traveling, he was the head of marketing and he wasn't home a lot to help raise his daughters, so they kind of flip the dynamic between him and his wife in that first season, particularly in the in the pilot, where he has to be he's going to be home more now because he's working on an online presence for the for the show, and that's where he discovers uh, vlogging, video blogging, yep, yep. essentially, and he starts doing that. And he, his wife is working more and more uh, at this fracking company that she works at. So he's going to essentially take on a bigger role at home. And that's where the premise of the show is, is put. Okay. It was basically billed more as like a family comedy, a role reversal kind of thing, um, not necessarily a political uh, well, show. Mm-hmm. After the first season, they decided to kind of... Uh, revamp it a little bit and they they consciously tried to make it more political so what they ended up doing they ended up getting moved to fridays and they 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 tried to build the character more in an archie bunker type vein and that's where you get the character ryan who's married to kirsten and he's boyd's father he he becomes a regular he's like neat yeah he he was he was played by nick jonas in the first season let me rephrase that Plays Meathead was played by 
Rob Reiner. And uh, he was essentially the foil to Archie Bunker's, to Archie Bunker. Yeah. All the family. He's a child. He's married to Archie Bunker's daughter. Yeah. So, in season two, Ryan Vo- Ryan Vogelson, his name is. He's played by Jordan Masterson. He's very liberal. He's kind of very. He's not a really well-rounded character. He's basically the worst kind of liberal you can be, where he, he's really pushy. He accuses people of being, you know, like, uh, like hating the environment or, you know, being too conservative. Like, he's he's basically so over the top, it's almost impossible for him to fight against Mike because there there's no like middle ground there that they're gonna Understood. they're gonna they're, that they can argue about. They're gotcha. they're basically just it's like parallel play with kids, like. He's doing one thing and Mike's doing another, and there's no there's no in between. They can't they can't bridge a gap. So the show still worked within the family dynamic, but now Mike Baxter was seen as a conservative hero, uh, basically espousing what could be considered the talking points from a you know, Fox News program. So they, they, and then they the show seemed to work to put him in situations where his conservative values were tested, but he was ultimately proven to be right every time, almost every time. Yeah. And with the Archie Bunker comparison, and I don't know it, where your thoughts are on that, but my main thought on that is that with Archie Bunker, I, I did watch a couple All in the Family episodes in preparation for this, and I remember I watched a lot of it when I was a kid, and it, it I just remembered thinking that he was just like an old school kind of guy, you know? And with Archie Bunker, he seems to be more of a product of his environment where he would like how he grew up rather than um a pillar of society like mike baxter is right so already when you look at archie bunker he's he's on a lower tier he doesn't have any kind of power in society really where mike baxter with all the characters that i mentioned he has some kind of leg up on almost every one of them right like with ed ed needs him because he's helped him build the build the, 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 the outdoor man um, chain of stores with him. His wife needs him because they're married they're, and they have kids together and the the other character some of the other characters are employees of his and he's constantly like threatening threatening to fire them if they do something that he thinks is like well, I mean, out of line. The thing too is that it seems RG like Bunker doesn't ha- didn't never had that power on all in the family. Well, agreed. Like he was, he he was like loud and whatnot on his family, and it seemed like that's how he got his point across. Yeah. But like, we're looking at like, and, and I, I was gonna talk about this later on when we, we compared this show to other shows. Like Archie Bunker and the Bunkers are blue collar family, whereas yeah. you can't say that the family in Last Man Standing, the Baxters, that they're a blue collar family at all. Not it's, not not at, not at where we find them. Not at I mean, all. they it's, may have been. They allude to the fact that he worked his way up from college basically because he got kicked out of the house by his dad because he didn't there was some disagreement about his um education so they they alluded to the fact that he's kind of like a self-made man worked himself up paid for his school himself back when college was cheap trust me i work at a university i know how expensive it is now and how what it was when i went to school is it's light years difference so i mean he probably did have a, a you know a working class background his dad worked in construction but he moved his way up and where That's we fine, see, but yeah, we, but, but where we see him when when we find him in the show, no, he is the bunkers are. He is he is middle class at worst, at best no, upper, upper class. class yeah, sure. So uh, probably upper middle class at worst. So, like I said, there's a power dynamic there that 
R.G. Bunker never, never portrayed, never had. Right. So to me, and Archie Bunker is is racist. Like that. That there's no denying that. You don't really see that out of Mike so much. I mean, I don't think he's racist. No. Um, he does try to frame issues of race with, within his conservative views, um, and it's kind of done. I want to say tongue in cheek in times, where with, with some of the like the 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 jokes that they make about race. There's one in particular where he's talking about responsibility of a cat that his African American neighbor owns, and he well, he's talking to him and he's like. He's like, you know what? He goes, I can't stand you people. And the African-American neighbor's like, and, w- and what kind of people are that? He's like, cat people. So they get to some, like, you know, like race relation issues, but they do it tongue-in-cheek. Very surface-like. Yeah, and, it, and, they, and they never go, and, 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 and they're essentially just talking about personal responsibility of cats, which kind of gets brought up a lot about personal responsibility about animals. There's a couple animal issues in, in several of the episodes. The next thing I wanted to bring up is uh, syndication. So to me, like we mentioned earlier, I won't mess around with the show Unless it gets until, until it gets syndicated. Because yep. I need, I would like to watch six or seven of them in a row. You know, yeah. I don't want to watch semi, one semi and then binge. have to wait a week and wonder what's going to happen. Absolutely. I just like, I yeah. That's why I like Netflix so much. Yep. So to me, the true test of a sitcom and its staying power and popularity is based on its syndication, and. In 2015, ABC Family, otherwise known as Freeform, ran it in syndication. That ended in 2018. But also in 2015, the show was picked up by Hallmark Channel, Country Music TV, CMT otherwise known as, and WGN, all ran in syndication. And it was also run on Channel 18 locally here. When I was doing the research for this project, there there were days where I was watching it on four channels at the same time. Insane. It would go to a commercial and I would flip. And 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 when they're showing it in syndication on these channels, granted they're cable channels, but these were on during primetime block hours, like five to eight. Yeah, exactly. Just like a marathon of it. And I would just sit there and I would watch it and I would be like, I can't believe that this show is on so much and I had just found out about it when you told me about it last year. Well, I think that's funny though because I'm, I'm, I'm someone that's cut the cord. I no longer have one of the big cable companies. I have a package deal that I use and I actually have no access to the television show unless I unplug that and just go to the local channel at, at six. So I, I watched less of these episodes than you did. Yeah. But I found it ironic or interesting that you told me that it was on so many different channels. I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's, it, this is like, I have no reason not to be an expert on this show. Right. I've been watching, <laughs> like I can watch any series. Like, and, and I, like I said, I like to watch shows out of order and I could, when I was watching it, I could tell based on how we, you know, described the first season versus the second season, whether I was watching a first season episode versus a second second season and beyond episode. And that was the thing for me because I didn't have a real frame of reference. I was just catching it, like like you say, in syndication, like 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 it matters when it matters type show. Like I, I found it hard to like really get into the rhythm of the show. Like I'm with you, like in terms of. I don't know how to put it. Like, like I, I watched it a lot. I didn't watch a lot. I watched a little bit of it. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, when you watch a show, like, you can see what they're doing, but it's, yeah. like, just not quite right. I guess is the only way I can really describe well, it. Well, like, the way I would... I don't, I don't put it that way. It's just, like, I just feel like it, it misses the point a little bit on some of the things. Like, I like how... I kind of like how they do the family stuff. 
I don't really care how they try to hammer home the, the political stuff for like yeah. you said, that first or second season. It, it, it's interesting because it's not really like they're espousing conservatism. They're pretty much just espousing like anti-liberalism. If, if it sounds like it's not like they ever say anything other than work hard and good things will happen. Like, but that's not like strictly a conservative point of view. Like, yeah, everybody kind of feels that way. You're not, I mean, not no, everybody, but you yeah. know what I mean. Like, that's the way that we're. That's America, so, you know. Like, sure. So like, so whatever, and. and the fact that, like, the, the thing, I should get back to the point we were saying it's syndicated show, like, it's on a lot. Like, it, it's it's permeating, essentially. It's not like, the point you're just saying, it's almost it's almost at an oversaturation type point, if you can watch it that often, you know. So, I wanted to go over a little bit about the cancellation. Yeah. So, May 10th, 2017, ABC decided to no longer air the show. They were going to cancel it. They didn't so much cancel it as they just didn't renew their contract with the, with the Fox Studios that was making it the show. Uh, some suspected that it was tied to Tim Allen's and the show's conservative views, but there was something else, kind of how with how Roseanne lost her show with that with the racist tweet that she did. Tim Allen also had a kind of a moment that was like that when he went on Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, this is a quote from Tim Allen. He goes, "You got to be real careful around here. You get beat up if you don't believe what everybody believes. This is like 30s Germany." So essentially, he he basically compared Hollywood to 1930s Germany. Didn't go over very well with the public. He also admitted during that, I won't say he admitted, he was asked and he said he did. He went to Trump's inauguration and we don't have to tell you that Trump was kind of a divisive president at the moment. So that kind of, that played into the narrative that was there was retribution was being exacted upon him by ABC. And and that's that, that is kind of like the the tilt that's kind of what we originally heard of the, like this is why the show was canceled and like uh, exactly what you say like he went on he went on one episode of, of late night television and made this kind of uncool joke and uh he kind of got lambasted on twitter for it like you know like it, it wasn't very it wasn't cool but i didn't get the feeling that, that that's why the show was canceled because he had throughout the entire run of the show made all kinds of essentially as yeah. I say, not pro-conservative, but anti-liberal statements. He hates on Obama. I believe you mentioned in one of the things, like, he has a birther, he has plenty of birther jokes. I, I know I, there's two instances that I heard that he made birther jokes. Yeah. Like, he, he, you know, he, he flirted with controversy on that and forever, yeah. and it was never brought up. And, like, and we, and it's not like it was unknown. Like, everybody knew that he was essentially conservative. So it wasn't like yeah. it was some new thing. Like, yeah. uh, from, this is what I, from what I read. And the other thing is, like, I've also never was able to find any other, like, corroborating things that would indicate it was canceled or is yeah. conservative tilt other than just people being angry that it was canceled and one of the, well one, before you go on to your next point one thing I wanted to mention about that thing that he said on, on Jimmy Kimmel was that he said it live not live but he said it like you could there's video of him saying it and there was context and you it's could a joke you, yeah you, you, like he's a, a comedian yeah. and you know that he likes to you know push the boundaries and you could tell by the tone he was saying it, his demeanor while he was saying it, that it was it was it was said in a joking fashion. It wasn't meant to be serious. If he wrote that on Twitter, where there where you just basically remove the context, remove the the uh, the tone, remove any kind of like tools that you have with your voice to show that you're joking or with your face, all any kind of nonverbal communication, then it sounds awful. And then you get into Roseanne Barr territory. Where and she wasn't joking. She she said yeah. some, she said some awful stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, but but when you when you put something on Twitter as opposed to saying it in person, 
it leaves less room for interpretation. Agreed. So Agreed. that's that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to, to equate what he said with what Ros- Roseanne Barr put on Twitter because that was awful racist. racist. Awful yeah. Racist. So, but at the same time, if people are hanging their hat on that, I don't think ABC viewed it as 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 terrible of a thing as what Roseanne did. Exactly. I, I totally agree. Uh, the one thing I want to say, or I, I want to talk about another thing I found where I didn't think it was a political motivation, and I understand that the person has to say this, but this is kind of a quote from a, from a lady named Channing Dungy. She's a, she's a ABC Entertainment president. A large part of these jobs are managing failure, and we have made the tough calls and canceled shows that we would otherwise love to stay on the air. That's the job. I canceled Last Man Standing for the same business and scheduling reasons that I canceled Dr. Ken, The Real O'Neills, The Catch, and American Crime. This is what she told reporters a couple weeks before Last Man Standing was, was purchased again by Fox. She says yeah. uh, Last Man Standing was a challenging one for me because it was a steady performer in the ratings, but once we made the decision not to continue with comedies on Fridays, that's where we landed. So there are many factors that go into the decision-making, ratings, critical acclaim, and of course we look at ownership structure, Dougie said, of the rising importance of ownership of all big four broadcast networks. Ultimately, Dougie stressed that Allen's political affiliation that he compared being conservative in Hollywood to 30s Germany did not play a role in the decision to axe the comedy. I wouldn't say that was a deciding factor, she said. And yeah. lastly, this is the other point. This is, this is something that's big. This is from Gary Newman, chairman and chief executive officer of the Fox Television Group, the ones who ended up buying the show. Uh, I'm not sure that I think that the cancellation had anything to do with politics. He theorized that ABC was more interested in shows produced in its own studios. Tim's personal politics aren't a big feature on the show. I think if you were to talk to Tim and our showrunners, they would say Mike Baxter is a centrist. He doesn't have extreme views, and the show never delved deeply into political views. I agree with that. Like, it never delved deeply. It's just yeah. on the surface pot shots, which and is fine. And yeah. You get laughs that way. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying I felt that's what the show was when, when you say it's a conservative show. Like, it, it, okay, it's conservative only because it, it, you know, it hates on liberals. On a surface level, like like I mentioned, it's kind of more of like like a, just like a talking point kind of thing. Hard work, family values. Uh, personal responsibility kind of stuff that to me is is kind of the basis of most of society regardless of your political affiliation like you're not going to tell me that that there's liberal people who don't work as hard as conservative people or that's who, just not true or who don't think working hard is extremely yeah important. like like and and I, and I know I watch the Goldbergs and if you look at the dad he espouses this pretty much the same views as Mike Baxter does on, on their show. They just he just does it in his underwear, sitting on a lazy boy. You know? Exactly. So, and it's not. I mean, it, it's just way funnier too to me. It's yeah. I think it, the I think Goldbergs. The jokes are actually hilarious. Yeah. So I think that. So like I say, it gets pushed that it was canceled for political reasons, but I think it was a, a more realistic reason or two more realistic reasons as to why it was canceled were, were ratings and cost of the show yeah and, so, and and well and one of the biggest things that i thought was when when they when abc decided they weren't going to be putting uh sitcoms on on friday and the show while it had decent ratings 
That was on Friday. Exactly. It was. It was. Exactly there wasn't much Friday. else on to watch on Friday. And like sitcom wise, and, and they do well. You know, what I mean, for Friday night, yeah, for absolutely sure. And essentially, as I said off mic, they do well with our eighteen to forty nine demographic. Yeah, but they do a lot better with with the older demographic. So like, they don't have that kind of viewership other other nights of the week. Like, and and, and it probably wasn't worth the money to put it on on like a Tuesday, Thursday prime time slot you know so exactly they wouldn't want they didn't want to pay for the cost again so the next so the main thing like i say before we say anything about the ratings like i understand it was a high rating show but we should be realistic about what those ratings are doing and the kind of revenue is generating right and the other thing was the cost like like we say the show is distributed by 20th century fox television but the series ran on abc for six seasons and like we said it entered syndication in 2015 so it's not been making money and that extra money since 2015, Fox has been making that money, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, had the series gone on for the seventh season or been renewed, ABC would have been required to pick up those production costs, which which was already being funneled to Fox. Mm-hmm. And because it was the sixth season, they think that it meant Allen had to renegotiate his contract, adding additional costs to the contract or additional costs to the show, like. Basically, media publications reported that ABC was unwilling to cover the production costs for the seven seasons on behalf of 20th Century Fox. I don't really feel that it... I mean, okay, there was some political discussion, but I don't think that was the reason. I think the show just cost too much yeah, money. Yeah, it cost too much money. It was always on the bubble of being canceled because the ratings were okay. And the sitcom isn't what it used to be. It, like, in the 90s, it was dominant. You had Friends, Seinfeld, Simpsons, uh, Will and Grace... Those those shows were you know, in a kind of in a, like a golden era of, of sitcoms. Nowadays, sitcoms aren't really all. I mean, there's there's still pockets. They're popular, very good, yeah, they're good, but, but there's more more money to be made in cheaper reality-based television. You can put on like 27 seasons of The Bachelor for probably what it costs to do you know the seven seasons of, of Last Man Standing, and you can put on the show and then you can put on the results show the next day and then you know how I had that beef with American Idol when we were talking about that like like, how are you going to say you got the top rated show on Tuesday and Wednesday when it's the the same same show show. you're just talking about it's just the the second half of it the results like come on (laughs) exactly so and the thing too right when you compare it to other shows like it's brought back right because of Roseanne and ABC yeah. produces Roseanne also, but again, that's its own show, so they make the money on that show, and they've been making yeah. money on Roseanne syndication forever. It makes sense that it makes sense that that show gets brought back, and they get rid of they get rid of Tim Allen's show, and then you can compare that they lean right, but they don't exactly lean right as characters. Like yeah. the actors lean right, but like the show isn't Roseanne wasn't really. A conservative show, if you will, it goes back to it being a blue collar type show. Yeah. Like from and the very beginning, it's always been a blue collar show. And one thing with Roseanne coming back, that was that first season probably slightly an anomaly. It was more of a curiosity because there was rumors that she was going to be a, a Trump supporter, pro Trump, and to me that that show more than Last Man Standing had the potential for creating a. a Archie Bunker archetyped through Roseanne, you know, a female Archie Bunker. And it, it, it I saw, I watched like the first three episodes of it. It, it, it was, was pretty funny. good. It was I thought good, it was yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it made me laugh. There's some good jokes in there. But I just stopped after that just because it, I watched three episodes and I was, it kind of just, I wet my palate on it. And that, I didn't really, I mean, I had watched the show growing up. So it's just interesting. That it, was, it was more of a curiosity 
to kind of get a, a look to see how they how they grew, how they developed. I kind of got that for the first three episodes, and I I, I didn't watch any more. Not well, now you can't. Right, I took it off, took it off streaming yeah. and exactly. everything. So, and so like when you, when you so when you compare it to the show that essentially brought brought it back to Fox, like they're not the same kind of like Republican conservative type show which you'd expect. Essentially, we have a show in Mike Baxter's character where it's them obviously, you know, anti-liberal, like like whatever you want to call them. Whereas in Roseanne's show, I kind of feel like it's the, the persons that were, if you will, let down by the Democratic Party, like the blue-collar folks that weren't helped out by them, and this is why they turned to Trump. Like, those are the kind of characters you get in that Roseanne show, is what I felt like. So, when you compare yeah. it to that, it's not the same type of show. And when you go back to talking about All in the Family, when you compare it to that, again, it's impossible to compare because it's a different era, for one. Mm-hmm. Like, when we allow and accept... Why are you talking about comparing... All in the family to last Black man standing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So what we compare and allow characters to do in the seventies are not the same now, right? It just it just sure. isn't at yeah. all. Right? Mores are different. What's acceptable, you know, attitudes that are acceptable are completely different. And so when you try to frame it that way, where it's like it's exactly as you said, like I don't think they watched All in the Family. Like, I don't think they, they did. Really like don't. I don't. I'm I'm I would watch it and I'd be like I don't don't see I can't see the comparison at all and. To get back to, to Roseanne real quick, where that show differed from Last Man Standing, again, I get back to, to power structures, right? So Last Man Standing is a show about a family that's on pretty good footing. With Roseanne, they worked hard too, but they kind of were the part of America that we found out that felt left behind, which turned the tide for Trump to win the presidency. That is, in, that is insanely interesting in today's society, uh, how that happened. Like, people are still trying to figure out how that election mm-hmm. swung to Trump. And to get a kind of a glimpse into a family that, that may, have, may have been a, a democratic, working-class democratic family to probably a little bit more conservative, I think you, kinda, you can see that hard work traditional family values and personal responsibility where like i said they don't they're not the in the domain of one party or the other it's not a liberal thing or a conservative thing it's it's a everybody thing and what kind of maybe decides on whether or not you you want to be a a democrat or republican or how the the chips fall in your life right and if you think that your all your hard work led you to the point that you're at without taking into account generational decisions made before you or or you know luck <laughs> situational things that come into play like a lot of a lot of what, things that happened to me in my life i would chalk it up to just luck maybe people that i knew um not necessarily me being gung-ho and working hard you know i mean i did but i can't i can't say with a straight face that everything i got i got because i worked hard that's right. just not true right and I guess that's like the the thing when you when you talk about Last Man Standing, right? Like that's the overarching theme of that show. But you often hear when when that show is spoken about is like it's one of the shows where people see themselves, where conservatives see themselves. Yeah, and that I get I a mean, little bit though, like not completely because. Well, yeah, I mean, some I think some people do, and I, well, I think that's the thing about most art is when you you like art that you can see yourself through. Or you can see yourself in, or you can see that you some, that's something that you want to be, or something that inspires you, right? Okay. And I think that does for a good segment of of, of American population. It has to because, to me, 
it wouldn't be in massive syndication and it probably wouldn't have been brought back if if uh, an executive who I think it would be naive to say that they're they're not really going to push something based on political views as opposed to whether or not it's going to make money, right? right? I would I would be my guess. Well, the point I was making though is like that when you when you say it's one of those shows that 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 they see themselves in and it's a good show that way. Like for one, I think it's like a I never said the show was good. More of like an upper class vision of yourself then, if that's what you're seeing, yeah. that's what you'll see. And two, in terms of there are actual other shows that espouse real conservatism that are better, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like uh, Yeah, I'm not gonna argue you, you with know, that. that, that at all. So like like so so sure, fine. A lot of people see themselves that way. Okay, agreed. But in terms of an actual show, like you can still watch King of the Hill right now, and that show is an ultra conservative show <laughs> across the board. And it's a million times funnier than this show. And a million times better than this show. Like yeah. it just and I'm not trying to hate on Last Man Standing. I just think that King of the Hill is, is a sleeper good show. Like yeah. it's fantastic. Or you could even watch like The Simpsons. Like they have conservative characters all over that all over it. And they expose conservative views constantly. Like, you know, and again, a show that I find just better than Last Man Standing. Like almost unequivocally, you know, it's, it's a lot better. Or you can even go older, you know, like you can look at family ties where like the yeah. fam- the father and mother were the liberals and Alex P. Keaton was the conservative. And again, it is it's more a realistic discussion of those values as opposed to what we see on Last Man Standing, where it's like, you know, Obama and the liberals are bad. Like yeah. that's that's the running and those, joke those are the constantly. surface kind of things. So Or and, the, the best I'm sorry, one last one. The one that most skewers people and it has both Conservative and liberal views are South is South Park. Like they're always killing people, you know, on on, on either side yeah. of the political equation, and and that's what I mean. Like you can find, I think, slightly better conservative, sh- like like fictional portrayals yeah. than this show is what I was getting and at. I know we we had talked about this uh, off mic, and I think any show that is structured around a family, and I know this more now than I did back then. When I was watching other uh, sitcoms, like like you said, like Family Ties, parenting is intrinsically like a like a social like an experiment in socialism, mm-hmm. because I I essentially have to tell them what to do, when to do it. I have to give them every. I have to work to give them shelter, food. You know, I, I have to take care of my kids, and eventually everything that I ever accumulated in my life will probably go to them. Right. Right. And they'll split it up between them if I ever make anything out of my life, right? Make any money, that is. These original files of this show. And what I do on a daily basis with my kids is I am trying to teach them how to be independent people. Because the last thing that any parent wants is to have your kids live with you for the rest of your life. Like that, you want them to prosper in society. And to do that, they need to be able to wipe their butts, brush their teeth, find a job, get a, get an education, you know, use critical thinking. Those are all things that, and that I think a person needs to do to be able to, to, to function at a, at a proficient level in society, at least to a point where I can say, all right, you're on your own. You know, it's been it's been a blast. You know, I'll see you on Christmas. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So I I can't say that Last Man Standing versus like the Goldbergs or any other kind of show that revolves around family is more conservative than the other because when you have a family dynamic and a show where people go to work, which happens in practically every sitcom. So 
I don't see how the show is conservative outside of it's just kind of Mike Baxter kind of being a bully, making jokes on liberals. And I was explaining to someone how I'm kind of like a, I'm a theoretical a-hole, but not one in practice. Okay, (laughs) sure. Mike Baxter is one in practice. Right. And in the way he talks to people and how he, he basically always gets the last say in every episode. Exactly. Well, and again, I wanted to, I forgot my point I wanted to make with All in the Family that came back to me as you were telling me, as you yeah. were actually mentioning this, and, I, and it kind of crystallized it for me. When you when you compare it, because this show essentially frames itself as a modern day All in the Family. Tries to. It tries to. Yeah. But what you, what you end up seeing is when, if you watch those old episodes of All in the Family, you have strong characters around Archie Bunker's character. So Archie Bunker isn't always right. Whereas with Mike Baxter's characters around him, they may not even be weak, but they're not as strong as the characters in All in the Family. And Mike Baxter's always right. Yeah. And it's one of the issues, of the, even the things that I like of this show, like I say, in terms of the political stuff, it kind of, it's like a blunt instrument. It just keeps hitting you over the head with it. Like, I get mm-hmm. it. I, I tend to sometimes like part of the family stories. But even there, it's, it's like the same thing where it's a, a platform to prove that Mike's always right. Yeah. And, like, th- that's where the show could improve it could get better like you know like where it's not as good as it could be because because of that it's just it need it seems like it's missing the nuance that you have or it's well, missing the, the show, subtlety that you have in all the to me the show shows. like when i every episode that i watched i, I don't want to say everyone the first couple ones and then the, every now and then there'll be an anomaly show but pretty much every episode had the structure where this the premise was set up to test mike's values he was challenged, but in the end, he was either proven right or he refused to give in. And refusing to give in is some somehow a uh, it's seen as a virtue to him. Mm. And standing up is seen as a virtue as long as it doesn't interfere with what he wants, right. essentially. So it's very formulaic that way. Uh, the Goldbergs is very formulaic in the way de- they do things. It's basically mom. But those should, but that's that kids have a problem. Mom intercedes. Kids get mad at mom. Yeah, everything works out in the end. It's funny though, yeah. But it is very formulaic. Yes, but it gets to the point where it took me longer to find the formula in Goldberg's because I was so entertained by the comedy than it did for Last Man Standing. You can almost see the plot points. You shouldn't be able to see a plot. It, It should. You should be distracted by the entertainment value of it, by the jokes, by the funniness, by the great acting that happens in Goldberg's. That. You don't see. I don't. To me, a lot of the episodes, I don't see that because it seems forced sometimes. Right. I do want to give it credit though for uh, uh, for some episodes. One in particular where the, um, the his wife from Home Improvement came back was on the show as a character named Helen Potts. Hilarious episode. Okay, no, I'm I, not gonna lie. I, I, the I, show did make me laugh. A lot of times it didn't. It did make me laugh. There's a lot of things they did great. Agreed. Agreed. You can be. He can be conservative and be an a hole. It's just you got to put him in the right situations to do that. It's it, when when you keep swiveling him around this same group of characters. It just seems to me it feels like he's like the the, the daughter in one episode. His oldest daughter called him toxic. When you get to that point in a in a show where where he says, where she can say something like that to him, and it it, it almost seems right, and it not 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 necessarily because of what he's the the what he's saying, it's how he's saying it, how he basically kind of like seems to force his 
will almost on everybody. On everybody. The show. Yes, that, and that's it, like my beef. As I say, I stand by. And that's where it comes back to the position of power. He is in a position of power over everyone. There is no. He doesn't really have a vulnerability. He's never wrong. Like he's, yeah. not, he's never wrong. And, and, and I, I think if they tweak that, then the next. Season. season, I think they got they could get a, a pretty successful show, I, and I, I think it's there. And the one thing about this show that I that really impresses me is their willingness to change. Mm-hmm. They'll change characters. They'll change actors. Uh, actors. They'll change like how a character's set up. They they seem to have an ability. And you mentioned that ABC is also as a network was good at this replacing. Um, characters they did on Roseanne yep. with uh, Becky. And Becky. It was hilarious how yeah. they did it. Yeah, but totally. the show is really good at doing that and it perseveres and I think there are there's a lot of good qualities. I know we spent a lot of time not really talking it up too much but it did lend itself to that because the, the belief was out there that it was it was canned for its conservative values which I just don't think it was. I, I don't yeah I don't believe it was either. Again I stand by it. I'm with you. Like we watched it and we, we may come come down a little sour on it, but it's not that we're truly hating. Like we, we give the show credit for what they were able to do. If we did an episode, if we did an episode on Goldbergs for any reason, I, I, there is so much I could pick apart about that show. And that's the beauty of art. Like you can pick it apart, yeah. but you still, you still like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way, nature of, the, of criticism. And so where I didn't love like the over the head bashing, I did for the most part, I did like the family stuff on the show. Like, but at the end of the day, because of, as you say, the power structure, it's missing some of that, like heart that you had in home improvement. Yeah, like, the vulnerability. Ability, like you know? there's no, he seems impervious. He can't be taken like down a notch. And, and he and does. Him. And when he does, he does it. He does it himself. It's not. He, he's never. He's never confronted and forced to change through that conf- confrontation. He takes what people says sometimes, and then he'll adjust his views on things slightly. Slightly. Um, one in particular, an episode was when he was hiring a architect for a new outdoor man, and he was going to go with his tried and true guy versus this uh, uh, younger female that he didn't even look at a proposal because he thought that he she was just brought in as eye candy, and his wife kind of took him to task on that, and he ended up actually looking at it and going with it, but it kind of from I don't remember the exact details, but it kind of got turned around to the point where it, like it kind of made it seem like. It was something that was already in his core set of values that allowed him to do that, and not necessarily what is right. him being taken the task on it. Right. So, and I understand that he's he's the main character, but in a lot of great sitcoms, the main character is he's the fall guy, right? right? Yep. Look Absolutely. at look at Seinfeld. He's a horrible character. Look at Homer Simpson, <laughs> the moron. Yeah, yeah. If you look at All in the Family, the, the comparison that we've been making a lot. Archie Bunker is a terrible human being, and he's constantly being shown how wrong he is. Yep. That's the point. That's the point I'm making. Like, like there's, there's that. I keep saying nuance. I don't mean to be, yeah. keep hammering home, but that's what it is. Like, they, 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 they develop it a little more. You know, like, like it's a little more artistic. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. And back to your point of like the character, Mike Basher, never like dealing with, with with the confrontation. You could argue the same thing with with Tim Allen's character, Tim Allen in real life, when the show got canceled, and like saying it's a political thing. Don't forget, this is ABC, man. They canceled My So-Called Life <laughs> after a season. You know, yeah, like, we, yeah, we, we undid that. Exactly. They, like, American well, you, Crime. We totally did. American yeah. Crime. I absolutely love that show. They got rid of that show. They gave rid of shows in a heartbeat. Like, it's not it's not because of this or that. I think, that, honestly, a lot of it has to do with the cost of the show. And I keep coming back to that. Like, I don't think that... 
I don't think that just because it espouses conservatism, that's why I got let go. No, I mean, there, there, there's, there's, there's Democrats and there's Republicans and then there's capitalists. I think most of us are capitalists. Even if we are Democrats, Republicans. Yeah. So I want to just talk uh, quickly about what I think will happen with the new season. Do tell. You've been watching it a lot more than I have, so you have probably better, better. I think what they're going to do is they might scale it back a little bit, try to still have the those conservative value. What they call conservative values that, that I call just plain old values. You have a family and you have a job in America. You're a capitalist. You got to do this to make a living. And I think the show is going to be a curiosity at first, but I think if they can, they can play both sides and do it in a way that's not so cliched, like the character of Ryan, he's the, he's the worst. Mm-hmm. I can't stand him <laughs> almost as much as I can't stand Mike Baxter from time to time. I like Mike Baxter more than I like Ryan. the Ryan. Interesting. And if they were really going to do an All in the Family type show, like Ryan would be the Archie Bunker type where his liberal views are constantly getting questioned and beaten down by the, his, his, his uh, conservative foil. But that's not how they do it. They do it the other way around where Mike's always on top and he's kind of, you know, always the, the butt of jokes and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I think the show, it'll, I don't know if it's going to, it's not going to do anything like Roseanne did because there wasn't enough time in between. We're not, we're not, the characters probably haven't changed Correct. much. I in totally the year. agree there. Yeah, exactly. Well, so Roseanne I think was part of like the revival boom. As you yeah. said earlier, Will and Grace was revived. Yeah. That Gilmore Girl show was revived. All yeah. kinds of shows got revived over the last couple of years. This isn't exactly a revival. This is more of a, you know, contract renewal. I'm going to watch it because now I, I don't. It's not quite necessarily Stockholm syndrome that I have, <laughs> but I'm invested in it. You, you know, see what like, I and I want to see where they go uh, with the characters and how they develop it. And I think I kind of have a personal stake in it now because I watch so much of it, and nice. I, understood. I have a podcast episode on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. So, so well, uh, let's wrap this up with: uh, Do we think it should have been canceled in the first place? We already determined that. It most likely wasn't the conservative views that were espoused on the show, or the conservative views of Tim Allen that got it canceled. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I think that uh, I think that I'm okay with the show being canceled. I'm also okay if it would stayed on. Like the thing that I want to change is the perception that it was canceled for the political view, if that makes sense. Like I'm makes perfect sense. Yes. If it was on Fox, the show would have been renewed right off the bat, and we wouldn't have been canceled. There would have been yeah. no controversy. I think that the show cost ABC too much money. I think that you can... I'll go as far to say, okay, I agree. It shouldn't have been canceled. I'll, I'll give it that. We'll give it the alternative history. It shouldn't have been canceled. But I want the caveat that, though it was canceled, it wasn't canceled because of the political Yeah, I, I want that to be clear. Yeah. That's what I feel like. So where I come down on it, like, yeah, I agree. It wasn't canceled because of the conservative values of, of the show. It was from all, all all the information that I could find, it was basically a fiscal decision. Exactly. Which I would think that Mike Baxter could respect, right? Figure, figure out he is a business owner. Yeah. And Tim Allen even came out recently saying that he thinks it was a fiscal decision. He doesn't think it was any kind of vendetta against him. I mean, it's easier to say that now that your show's renewed. Not, exactly. But I think it was a, a fiscal decision for ABC. What I think should have happened was I think ABC should have canceled it. And I should have got, I should have got picked up by Fox right away because how you could figure out that the show was going to be you know, a, a, a hit from 
what's going on in t- today's society and the fact that it's on syndication. If you if anyone who's got a cable box can watch it on four different channels at six o'clock on a Thursday, right? <laughs> it's, it's making money for for three hours. Right. <laughs> it's it's a money maker, and I think it's a no brainer. I'm saying it shouldn't have been canceled. Like, I, yeah, I, really I, don't I, don't, I think I think ABC was right in in not renewing it. I think Fox, the studio that was producing it, should have moved it somewhere else right away. That's how that's how I come down on this. ABC was was probably right to get out of it because they were they weren't going to be doing shows on Friday sitcoms on and Friday. They're, they're already losing money. On yeah. That, period. So there you have it. That's Last Man Standing. Do you think we are not very good? Do you think our dulcet tones are all right? Let us know. Are we some liberal a holes that don't know anything about conservatism or raising a family? Probably. Probably. But <laughs> maybe. We can be both subjective and objective at the same time. Hopefully you can too. If you don't like what we're saying, just turn it off. Or let us know. Yeah. Or tell a friend who may be more liberal than you to listen. (laughs) (laughs) They can reach us at alternativehistorypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at at althistorypc. Facebook, Alternative History. You can find us on Potable. You can find us on Stitcher iTunes, Google Play, as we always say, like, subscribe, comment, all review, helps, whatever review, you do, please help yep. us out. And if you give us a five-star review, we know you didn't listen. <laughs> we know you're lying. As always, thank you for listening. Bye.